0: There's no problem too big
1: or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today.
0: Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher, and we've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, Centauri and I were joined by Dr. David Berg is the co-founder and chairman of the board of Redirect Health. Dave also co-founded Arrowhead Health Centers, uh, which is based here in Phoenix, Arizona. We had a great conversation that covered some really interesting stuff, primarily the difference between health care and health insurance. And that is what I would say that David's company is really built upon is the the difference between those two things and i would also say that redirect health is a very very disruptive company doing some really really exciting things things that i'd never really considered so i imagine that at the end of it you're going to have a lot of questions as i certainly did and i would recommend that you go to redirecthealth.com r e d i r e c t health.com and also this information will be in the show notes and check it out. Thanks, as always, for listening, and remember to tell a friend. That's enough about that. Let's go. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. With me, as always, is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Good day to you. Helping us move from awareness to action today is Dr. David Berg. Very excited to have him. Um, The United States is one of the richest, most prosperous countries, nations in history, and yet still 10% of our people don't have health insurance. It's so expensive, um, and I'm sure that there's a million different reasons why. David is a a doctor, um, an entrepreneur. He founded Arrowhead Health Centers, and his new venture, Redirect Health, is designed to help bring healthcare more, more efficiently. And I probably didn't do a very good job explaining that, but he is here to help us with that. So let's let's go ahead and get started. So you,
2: um, maybe tell us a little bit about Redirect Health and just a little bit about how you're how you're
1: different. So how are you serving your customers, and what is the real problem here? Yeah, it is. Well, it is different. It's not just an improved way of doing healthcare. It's a totally new way of doing healthcare. And uh, I started back in 2007 to help my own company really save my own company. I was losing it because my best employees couldn't afford the deductibles I was offering them. So at that that time, we're going from $500 deductibles to $1,000 to $1,500. I was talking about going to $2,000 deductibles so that I could, instead of getting a 20% increase I could only have a 10% increase. And I was going to bear all that cost and share the deductible costs with my employees. And they they weren't having it. They didn't like it. So I was finding over and over again my best Hourly employees, support staff for leaving me because they wanted to have babies, they wanted to start families, they want that. Uh, they needed. They were afraid of um, the, the the healthcare insurance that I was about to offer. Right. So, they, so I was a great training ground for the hospital systems, the insurance companies, mm-hmm. the uh, Amex at that time, and Honeywell, and and it was very disruptive my business. And uh, you know, you know how that works right. You lose somebody in three weeks, or a great great employee, great team member, and the time that you replace them. You have 10 weeks later to replace the competency, but you, right. but you do it faster and faster, and your core value alignment just erodes. And that's what was happening to us in 2007. And um, the margins went with it. And and as the CEO, I felt like I was failing uh, miserably. And I spent about a year trying to um, figure out how to fix this healthcare thing, thing for my employees and figure out how to keep the deductibles reasonable for them and the out-of-pockets reasonable so that they could afford it, and I could afford it. And I just couldn't figure it out. I had an epiphany one day that, I was, that I was, maybe I was addressing the problem the wrong way. And Dan Sullivan has been a, my strategic thinking coach for a long time. He's a strategic coach. And I'm with this strategic coach. He owns it. And, uh, you know, he said once, he said, sometimes the problem isn't the way, isn't the problem isn't what you think it is. It's the way you're thinking about the problem. And I was thinking about the problem as if healthcare was broken and I needed to fix it. And then as more I thought about it, I started realizing, what if it's not broken? What if it's designed this way? All the insurance companies and hospitals and are doing great. Their share price is doing awesome. What if it's designed to support shareholders? It's not really designed for me. Mm-hmm. If I can't change that light bulb with that chair, it doesn't mean the broke chair is broken. Right. It's not designed to change that light bulb. So maybe the healthcare system's not designed to help my business. Hmm. was my epiphany. Hmm. If it's not broken. What do you do? You know, if it's not broken. You don't fix it. I mean, the roulette wheel at Vegas isn't broken. It just doesn't work for me. I'm, right. Just because I never win and my friends never win, and they <laughs> tell me I'm never gonna win, doesn't mean I'm gonna fix the, the 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 way to fix that situation is not to fix the roulette wheel. It's to go play golf, go shopping, go do something else. Mm-hmm. And so I took the same approach to healthcare. When I realized that epiphany wasn't broken, and build my own, that became remarkably easy. It's still hard, but it went from impossible to hard. But without that epiphany, it wouldn't have got there. So, we just built our own system together, and it's gotten better and better and better. Where we put healthcare first, and then we use the insurance last. Everybody else puts insurance first, and then they try to get healthcare, and then they try to pay for it. We get the healthcare first, and we do it very strategically, and then we pay for it very strategically, and only if there's costs left over do we use insurance. And in 10 years, I've never used insurance with those six steps in front of it. Mm. So in 10 years now, since we started this in 2007, this new way of doing healthcare has allowed me to uh, get the cost so uh, low that we pay less money a day than we've uh, since I started to keep track of it back into the early 2000s. And we provide more healthcare. But it's a new way of doing healthcare that really puts us back in control. So me as a business owner and my, uh, my team and their families, puts them in control of their healthcare and their spend and, and the experience they would get. And uh, we just got rid of anything that was irritating, annoying to us, so copays, Nobody wanted them, get rid of
0: them. Yeah, those are pretty dumb.
1: Yeah, anything, anything <laughs> irritating, annoying to us, the paperwork, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Let's just get the healthcare, let's get the healthcare needed. So I built what I needed, it was very inexpensive to build the healthcare system. And then we only insured the parts that mattered to us. And what mattered to me, as far as um, financial risk mitigation was different than what managed, what, what my receptionist, who was mm-hmm. 22 years old, might have cared about. Right. Right? So we just care about different things depending on our assets and our incomes, et cetera, but our health care is so similar. So we just redesigned. Instead of putting the insurance first where we all try to get the same insurance or similar types of insurance and then try to get health care and then try to pay for it, um, we just said, let's put the healthcare care first.
0: What's, what is unique about you? Do you think that you took a step back and said, wait a minute, this just does not in"? Why, why you, and why hasn't anybody else done this? Or,
1: well, you know, I often get that question because there's a lot of people that ask me to help them copy what we're doing right now, and I'm, I always say yes. I say I'll, my competitor is not somebody who's trying to lower healthcare costs and make it work better. My competition is anyone who's trying to increase the cost of healthcare. Mm-hmm. So if you're a hospital and you want to increase the cost of healthcare by charging two thousand, three thousand dollars for an MRI that should only cost four thousand bucks, you are my competition. But if you're a hospital who's trying to figure out how to get that MRI done across the street for $400, just like I am, I'll show you how to do it. I'll help you. Same with an insurance company, a doctor. And um, I probably couldn't have built this company today if I built it with uh, commercialization of it, making money in mind. Mm-hmm. But remember, I built this for myself. So I built it because I needed a solution. So I removed every revenue stream out of it that I could and because I didn't need to make money. I was just trying to help. My company and my people, I wasn't trying to make money. I wasn't trying to create a business. And even today, there's so much pressure to add those revenue streams back in by everybody, whether it's pharmaceutical companies, just there's so many um, opportunities to add revenue streams. We made a decision, strategic decision, that um, we weren't going to make any money on the healthcare. We make all our money on the membership. We create a subscription model. So just like Costco does not make any money on the goods it sells. It makes all its money on the membership. So its job is to take care of the membership, which is what we were when we started. Our job, my job, was to take care of my membership, which happened to be our employees and our families. That was our membership. They weren't asking me to make a profit on it. They were just asking me to take care of them. So when we picked that up and try to, not now to create a company, redirect health into other companies, how do we monetize that? Without and keep it as pure as it was when we created it for ourselves. Right. And that way was to create a membership, and that's all our money comes from the membership. None of it comes from the delivery of health care. So is your membership-based uh, companies or individuals? Well, so it's companies. Okay. So right now it's companies, and um, we, the greatest the reason for that right now is because with the Affordable Care Act, there were pressures on companies to um, offer health insurance or minimal essential coverage or health care or health insurance. A lot of companies think that the, the mandate is that they provide health insurance. It is not that. It's that they offer minimal central coverage. So we help employers understand the truth about the Affordable Care Act so that they don't pay more money than they have to because of the, they're afraid. And the truth is that any company in America could comply with the Affordable Care Act for $0. That is the absolute truth. But that's not the narrative that we hear on the news. Mm-hmm. The narrative we hear is it's very expensive, and. The insurance is very expensive, and if you want to use insurance to comply with the Affordable Care Act, that's a very expensive proposition. If you want to use different strategy, it can cost you nothing. There is strategy out there that will cost you nothing. It goes like getting anybody to who makes a commission to recommend something that costs you nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right? It's just not its not going to happen. Right. right. Um, but we show companies how to do it. And <clears throat> the only reason I know how to do it is because I read the law, and I did it for myself. And then I did it for my friends, and then I did it through it for... That we've created a company, we're helping our membership.
2: So I'm sure there's a um, a lot of ways to answer this, but give us your thoughts and your purview on why is it so expensive? Why does it cost five
1: thousand dollars for me to get an MRI? Because somebody's trying to trick you. Okay. Because you have an because you believe that if you because you because you are an if you're an insurance first model, if you take your insurance card you hand it to them, yeah, it can cost you that. It's $5,000 a little heavy. It's probably gonna cost you about $2,000, 1500 $1, in that neighborhood if you use an insurance card. The truth is that if you didn't use that insurance card, you can get that for cash all day long, all across the country, for $400. Oh, wow. Yes. So the reason why you pay 5000 which you don't, it's really 2500 or so, and it's all, all out of your pocket, by the way, if you have a deductible above that. If you have $5,000 deductible, that entire 2,000 bucks is all of your pocket, yeah. it's all you. It's because you're, tr- you're going insurance first, you're an insurance first model, you're trusting your insurance company to do that for you, and it's misplaced trust. Truth is, it costs $400. And, it, and here's the thing, it costs $400 10 years ago too. It costs $400 today, it's technology. Just like the GPS on your, on your phone doesn't cost more today than it cost 10 years ago. Matter of fact, it's remarkably less expensive today for the GPS. Well, MRI is just technology, too. Why would technology cost more today than it cost 10 years ago? That makes no sense. The waste, the administration, the tricks we put on it, might not the technology. Mm-hmm. So if in a healthcare first model, we pay $400. And that would be a situation where we never use the insurance because we don't need it. If you use insurance first, you're going to pay too much. A lot of times it's the premises we start with, right? So why does an MRI cost five thousand dollars? Is what you just asked. Well, the premise? Not one challenge the premise. They don't cost five hundred dollars. They cost four hundred dollars. The real question is, why did you think you had to pay five thousand dollars? That's the real question, right? It's not why does it cost five thousand, because it doesn't.
2: So uh, breaking it down for our listeners, talk me through. And I feel like I'm pretty well educated. I think I know kind of the decisions to make in my health But walk me through why insurance is incentivized in such a way to have a, a situation where it's presented to me that an MRI would cost $2,500. Why is insurance so baffling to the consumers, and why is it the way that it is?
1: So um, in, so I'm going to just give you one example, and then I can go into a broader um, explanation of what the root problem is and what I think the root solution is. And it's at least the solution that it's a problem I identified, the solution I went after, and... Um, I spend less money now than I spent 12 years ago on healthcare, probably longer than that. And my employees get free benefits, they don't pay anything, I pay it all. Um, but I'll just give them one example. In 2009, I think it was, I heard um, when the Affordable Care Act was being pitched to Congress, or maybe it was to the media, um, Nancy Pelosi, I heard her giving a speech, in, I think it was her, and she was talking about how she was going to stop the insurance companies from making excessive profits, and she was going to make them, the Affordable Care Act was going to make them spend 85% of the, the dollars they got from the consumer, they're going to make them spend that on health care. So when I heard that in 2009, I'm going, huh, I know what I would do if I, I know what's going to happen. The insurance companies are the ones that are deciding what to pay, the hospitals are the ones that where all the money is spent in healthcare, the bulk of the, the dollars. So if the insurance can be spent, it forced to spend $85 of every 100, why wouldn't they just spend, give the hospitals more to make sure that 85 stays high, charge, charge a higher premium, and if they can get a higher premium, just pay the hospitals more until people stopped it? That's what I, I mean, that's what I think they would do. And I've thought about it a little bit more, and it, they're, they're publicly traded companies. So if I have to spend 85% of every dollar you give me on healthcare, and I'm a publicly traded company, think of what happens if I only spend 84%, or 83%, or heaven forbid, 70%. I gotta give money back to the consumer, and I'm a publicly traded company, I gotta return revenue. How does that look to the share? Probably not going to fly. How does that (laughs) look? What happens to the CEO when that happens? So if you were to look at every single publicly traded insurance company today, what do you think their loss ratio is? 85%. Mm. Just right on the money. It's it's, it's so predictable, but it's complex. And now let me get back to how that even can happen um, and why... I, I think I saw it in a unique way, because I just spent two years unraveling the complexity, and then I heard this, and I saw it a little differently than the media saw it, for sure, at the time. A lot of people saw it as, well, that's a good thing to control profits. Won't that help the consumer? Well, I'd already removed about four or five layers of complexity, and I could see it a little bit differently than this. But let me go back to that issue of what is the you know, root cause. You know, if you look at the, uh, the left, of the sp- political spectrum, and you ask, what's wrong with healthcare?" What are we hearing? Something to the effect of too many uninsured people. Right. If you go to the right, what are we hearing? Too many irresponsible non-accountables. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the two ways. So the left, they when they are in power, what do they do? They add this complex Affordable Care Act law to it. The right, when they're in power, what do they do? They create HSAs, and they create... F- flexible savings accounts right We hear Trump talking about HSAs right now. Before when the left was in, when, when the Democrats were in power they're talking about the Affordable Care Act. They're each trying to solve their issue. but I ask, and, but each adds complexity to the situation right So I ask you, what if the true cause was not these uninsured people or these irresponsible non-accountables? but what if the true cause was the complexity in the system? the layers of complexity that confused everybody, the ordinary person? And what if it was the uh, non-transparency that we know is in the system that gets them to pay $5,000, makes them think they they should pay $5,000 for an MRI, that disillusions that ordinary person? So what if the real issue is the complexity that confuses and the non-transparency that disillusions ordinary people? What if that's the real issue? If it is, Better not add complexity of the Affordable Care Act. You better not add this complexity of HSAs and FHAs and everything else, and all the tax deductibility rules around it. Right? You just any when I see these what's hap, happens on the left and right, their solutions. What it tells me, it shows me a dismissiveness at least of the true cause of the healthcare problem, which is complexity and non-transparency. So the system of the system. Right. So, so when I'm putting this together for myself, I'm going. I'm a root cause guy. I like looking at root mm-hmm. cause. Maybe it's because I'm lazy. If I know if I get to the root cause, <laughs> I, I just then there's a root solution. I don't have to do all the hundred things down here. Mm-hmm. I just take care of the one thing at the top. So anything I did, I knew had to be simpler, had to simplify, and it had to add transparency. So you see a lot of glass in here. And mm-hmm. even on the clinic space that you walk by, that's just that's our way of saying transparency matters. Being able to see what's, what's going on matters. And having it simple. hmm so the drawings you see behind me now, we're, we've got, we, we, this is us just simplifying a very complex way of, that. We're, what can seem like a very complex um, new way of doing healthcare. The truth is, it's very simple. Put healthcare first right. and then put insurance right at the end and do healthcare so well so you never use the insurance. That way you don't need to buy as much insurance because with that insurance, these are publicly traded companies. They have, they have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholder to increase profit and revenue by any legal means. So they have an incentive to... Not by any ethical means. By any legal means. There's no ethical requirement to share, to increase revenue and, share, and, um, and profits. There's no ethical. There is a legal level. So if it's legal, they have to do it.
0: It makes all the sense in the world, and it's very... Everything you just said... Makes all the sense in the world, and I, I like being
1: nice right now.
0: No, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it does. It I, I enjoyed the way that you broke it down on and it's your website. Hard,
1: it's been a hard conversation to have over the last ten years, and even now, as I'm telling it to you, I'm going, man, I wasn't really organized this like I could have been, like I have been,
2: because
1: mm-hmm. it, it's a hard, It is not. An, it has not been an easy message to get as clear as what we just made it. The <clears> way <throat> some of your listeners it can seem super complicated, and uh, and I haven't done it as well as I have. But even that goes this, to the point this about
2: the system is super complicated. I, I doubt that there's a concise or cogent way to actually do that because it's, it's so. It's really about complex, peeling away right? those
1: layers of complexity, so you can really see what's happening. And then once you see what's happening, it becomes remarkably easy to um, to change it, to build something that's better. Maybe not fix it, but build something better. And easy. And another challenge I see with healthcare is we try to put everybody in the same bucket, mm-hmm. everybody in the same bucket. Um, we create avatars here for people based on their income, and based on um, think of a cube, a three by three cube, right? So there's really 27 mil boxes in there. Three times three times three is 27. But just think about uh, uh, it's hard to explain without a drawing. So much easier the whiteboard. But if you if you divide people into low wage, medium wage, and high wage, there all those people are going to care about something different. Very different, right. If you're in the low wage You can go bankrupt on $2,000 is, right? If you can go bankrupt in $2,000, why do you care about a $2 million bill? Why would you insure against a $2 million bill? No no reason to. If you're worried about the $2,000? And similarly, if you're on the other end of the spectrum and you have a lot of assets, you really don't care about the first $5,000, $6,000, $20,000. You care about the stuff that gets big. So your insurance needs, really, your risk mitigation needs are totally different. And um, so we divide people, we divide it into avatars. So based on income mainly, but also on need. So similarly, if we think about just in our own families if, um, or between families, if um, I've got a child with diabetes and all your children are healthy, how we think is totally different, right? right? So my mantra to the health care system is, please help me. Please show me how, what I need to do and how I'm supposed to do it and help me with the logistics of it. I don't even know how to explain it to my my mom who's going to watch my little girl. Can you help me explain it to grandma? What about the teacher? What about the other teacher? What about friends? How do I make sure that the um, the insulin gets or the glucose gets tested appropriately and when it should, and that we can afford the glucose strips and we don't run out? right? And then the insulin, how do I? know how to, make sure I know how to dose it. Make sure my wife knows how to dose it. Make sure my my uh, sister knows how to dose it. Make sure the neighbor knows how to do it. Make sure teachers know how to do it. And show me how to teach some of this. Give me an easy way, the logistics of taking care of it. It's, please help me. It's so overwhelming. And if I make $10 an hour, like 38% of every American, by the way, 38% of every working American makes $10 an hour or less. Wow, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, 15, 51% make $15 an hour or less. That's 2015 Social Security Administration stats.
0: I suppose that makes sense because okay. half of so, Americans so, don't pay income tax. Right, so, so put
1: this into perspective of who we're talking about. If I'm that person and I have a child with diabetes, I'm, I'm, forget who I am. Even if I make a lot of money, I don't have the time. I don't know how to put this together. Right. It's so darn hard. My mantra is, please help me. Just help me navigate the system and figure this out. Right. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. You on the other hand, if everyone's healthy, what's your mantra? Hey, don't waste my time or my money. I got a kid's soccer game to get to. I got right. a career to advance. So my, I need help for this disease. I need a lot of help, and I want help, and I want interaction. You want? Don't waste my time. I need something. Let me do it on the phone. Don't make me have an unnecessary visit when I know what I need. I just need a prescription refill. Don't make me go take half day off work and go in. Right. Your needs are totally different than mine. So that's another avatar. Another family could be that family that's um they're not sick my family's sick your family's healthy but what about that group in the middle that's not sick but they're not healthy they're overweight they don't exercise they don't eat well they smoke they drink maybe they're getting older mm-hmm. you know what their mantra is just leave me alone yeah. please don't tell me quit smoking again please don't tell me <laughs> but be available to me as soon as i need you please right that's their mantra and we judge the crap out of these guys and we judge these people and the truth is my group that are very needy we only spend about 5% of the money. No, I'm sorry. My group spent about 90% of the money. That that group that's uh, leave me alone but be available they only spend about 5% of the money. In your group that uh, says just don't waste my time you only spend about 5% of the money. So I'm the smallest group and I spend all the money. Mm. So every one of those avatars are different and marketing 101 says that if you want somebody to do something you've got to meet their needs so we talk about healthcare as everybody as if everybody makes the same income and everyone has the same healthcare worries and needs and we look for some unifying theory of healthcare we think we're Einstein we're going to have an E equals MC square of healthcare I haven't seen it but I I can give you 27 formulas that work every single time I just don't have that one unifying theory Right. And I think that's what we're doing with the Affordable Care Act or HSAs is we think here's a unifying theory of that will fix health care. Yeah, it treats everybody as if we have the same health needs, same worries, same income levels, same levels of education, same levels of worry, same levels of excitement. And we're the people are so different. we're not going to come up with a unifying theory.
2: So one of the things that you said uh, previously was about root cause. so you're obviously a fan of upstream thinking. Talk to us a little bit and we're pivoting a bit. About sick care versus healthcare. So, your thoughts on, um, you know, a big burden on our healthcare system um, is that group of folks that are bought into the, or bought into this construct where all of this is actually preventable. So, most of it's preventable, right? But no one's focusing on that. So, tell me your thoughts or how you're navigating this through redirect on sick care versus healthcare.
1: So, the first thing I'll tell you is I don't believe that statement. Really? I I, I know it's the common narrative. It's not true. So the reason why we can have better results than anybody I know is because we don't believe the narrative that is being pushed out there. Well, so you look
2: at it let, me, the let, let me give you me, give an
1: example. If we look at that family I just told you about, my little girl has diabetes. She doesn't, but she doesn't. I make 10 bucks an hour. Well, that probably means I have two jobs. It probably means my wife has two jobs. It probably means we share one car. It probably means we really rely on the neighbors to help with babysitting. We're babysitting kids all the time to make that work. That's what, that's what it means. Right, so tell me how my little girl is four years old who has type 1 diabetes, who's gonna spend a lot of money in the system if we don't take care of her. Tell me what she could have done to stop that. Tell me what I could have done to stop that. So if you look where all the money is being spent on this 10%, they're gonna spend 90% of the money. You look at them. You look where the money's being spent, what you just said does not apply. But what about something like heart disease or obesity? Exactly, but now what you made the cardinal error, in my opinion, of putting everybody in one bucket. So let's look at where the. So if we were to solve that problem, we're only going to solve it for this. I'm going to make up a number here. The one I, know, I understand the commercial population. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Medicare. I'm not old people. Young people. We're dealing wrong about, numbers here. I'm talking about people who, who work. Okay. It's about 25 percent of the people who are going to spend five percent of the money. So when you have, um, when you're overweight, and you smoke, and you drink. And you're 55 years old, and your cholesterol is through the roof, and your high blood—you got high blood pressure. You don't spend any money. You don't cost the system anything. Yet. Yes. Yet. Until you move over to this group. What wasn't that preventable? Yeah. So what percentage? So you're talking about are you talking about Medicare population, talking about old people, talking about young people. That doesn't happen in a 10-year-old. Doesn't happen in a 30-year-old. Doesn't happen in a 40-year-old. Right, it happens in an older person because it takes years to get there. So I, I get it. There's a cost there, and uh, I'm not that I'm not the expert. i may not even to be in dealing with the uh, the cost and the waste mm-hmm. of the old people of old people. I have a lot of ideas around it. I haven't dove in and figured it out like I have the working age people right. and their kids. But if we the, the thought that you the thing that you said that was uh, that was wrong in my opinion was and maybe I'm reading between the lines here, was that if people took care of themselves um, and, took, and didn't get these, if they took care of themselves, they wouldn't get these diseases, they wouldn't spend all this money. That's what I heard. Well, here's the problem. They're not spending all this money. They're spending 5% of the money. So even if you did a great job and lowered it in half, the cost of health care, you're only going to get rid of 2.5%. And here's the other part. I can get rid of 2.5% without them changing any behavior. Just stop the ripoff in the hospital systems. Stop the ripoff in, in this in the system. Stop over, stop stop charging these people five thousand dollars for MRIs. I'll get rid of and start charging four hundred dollars. Now I'll get rid of two and a half percent really easy. But it just still doesn't move the needle. The only way to move the needle when it comes to cost mm. is with this small group that has chronic disease, um, and in the working population, which I do know really well, it's not heart disease. It's not. Illnesses um, associated with being uh, not taking care of yourself. It's the diabetes, which could be. Mm-hmm. Um, asthma, childhood with childhood diabetes, no way. Childhood asthma, but it could be adult as well. Um, narcotic use, so things uh, because of addictions or chronic pain. Um, and, uh, mental illness, including anxiety, depression, maybe some cancers, right? Those are the big things, so you're gonna spend all the money. None of those things you're gonna prevent. So the, I, would, I would argue that all of those things you could,
2: or minus childhood, childhood diabetes, all of those things if folk, people focused on that
1: could be prevented. Then why has no one solved it? Well, that was that's my original question. Why has no one solved it? It's very and clear. So, so the a, answer I'm giving you that you're rejecting is because your your assumption is wrong. Your, your premise is wrong. So I love this theory that it can be solved. We just did this, yet no one's ever done it. Maybe we should challenge the premise that that's not really the problem. Well, wouldn't the, the
2: so, or one of the ideas be that there's no incentive there's no incentive for anyone to solve that? Currently,
1: there isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't solve that, and um, today I don't solve those things you mentioned. Right. Um, yet today, I've um, got 450 people, 200 of them are employees, the rest are dependents, who today have free if they don't pay anything for health care. They have no premiums, no copays, no deductibles, no anything. They have 24-7 access in English or Spanish. They can go to see any doctor they want in the country, no limitations, no authorizations. And I spend less money today than I spent ever. The Kaiser Family Foundation says I should spend about $7,000 per person to do that. We spend $2,043 is what we're on trying more. Yet yeah, I don't do any of that. Because I, re- I it just that's not where I focus my attention. Because that behavior, yes, if you change, it will make a difference. If you change that behavior in the person who's really sick and spending all the money, you can change a lot more. But when you ask these people, why aren't you doing it already? They never say, it's because um, I'm irresponsible and I'm not accountable. Or, right? They don't say that. They say, I'm confused in some form or fashion. They say, I'm disillusioned. When I know I'm being ripped off and the layers of complexity are so great, I, I give up that I can do anything about it. Now, I get that Cheetos aren't good for you. Mm. I get that.
0: So good, though.
1: Right? I get it. I get Coca-Cola is not good for you. Delicious. It's terrible for you. I get it. <laughs> and it, it does impact the cost of um, health. Mm. Not health care. does, but... Health in our country. The bigger factor is the, the cost we put, the waste administrative costs we add to that healthcare. So if we put all these layers of complexity, including the narrative that it's people's fault, you just gave me a version of we have some irresponsible, non accountable. So oh, it's, it's You a part you, of it. I, you I, you I, gave I me the right's version yeah. of what's wrong with healthcare. Right. So the left's version is, is all these people are uninsured access right right access right. got to so, get them covered. so I, I'm saying that the bigger issue is that narrative in itself both narratives adds a layer of complexity that blames people so that we don't see what's really going on Systems. and it makes it allows us to tolerate a lot of stuff underneath those layers and layers of complexity that we don't see and we don't want to see. and the media helps us. Right? the media's got their support here on the right side, the support on the left and there's these narratives and they can't go away from their narratives. Or what happens to their viewership? They freak out, which then affects the advertisers. Right. right? So if, if, <clears throat> if, you know, if Fox News tries to say something good about Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama, they get flooded with response from their viewership that right. you can't do that right? never watching again. Same on the other side. If you say anything nice about Donald Trump right now, and you're a CNN viewer, you, if CNN says anything nice, their viewers are going to tell them, don't say this, you're don't say sorry, this. Yeah, yeah. Right, so we have to get out of that and start thinking for ourselves of what's going on, what's going on, what's going on.
0: And, and you're successfully doing that. Who is it who is just piss off the most?
1: The people that should piss, it will piss off eventually, because everybody's gonna start doing it this way eventually. Okay, I can't be the only ones gonna be doing this. And we've got 110 companies now that are doing this, every one of them is successful, every one of them has renewed with us. Every one of them has lowered their costs. Every one of them has given uh, more health care to their people for less cost, many of them for free, just like we are. And every one of them has gained a recruiting advantage, a retention advantage. No doubt. So everybody's going to be doing this sooner or later. Um, Anybody who makes money in the old system shouldn't like this. So if I'm a broker and I make my money selling insurance and I make commissions, you shouldn't like this. Okay. Not today anyway, unless you can find a way to make money selling this new way. Right, but if you sold, it, you're not gonna like it. If I'm a, if I'm a big publicly traded insurance company, I, I, I wouldn't even notice it right now. Right? If you think about the big companies around here—100 $100 billion, 170 billion dollars. This is—they don't. Right. It's hard right. to even notice this. Yeah. But I don't even notice it. If when, I'm a, if I'm a politician grows. that gets elected by that money, I'm not gonna like it. If I'm a hospital that counts on. 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 RMRIs. I have seen them up to 8,000, by the way. Wow. But the normal number that we usually see is about 2,500. 2, yes. And I will tell you that around the country, wow. if you go to the biggest hospital in a region and you go to the any of the insurance companies right now, they'll pay that biggest hospital more money than they'll pay the second biggest. And the difference here in, I won't even tell you which city, but the the, the, the biggest difference, um, I will tell you, is this, this city right here. The biggest difference is the biggest hospitals are gonna get somewhere in the low 2000s from the insurance companies. You go down to the second, third size hospitals, they're gonna get somewhere in the neighborhood of 1600. So where you go, even with your same insurance card, is going to dictate the difference in cost. I have no idea. And it doesn't matter so much if your deductible is low or you have a copay. but what if your deductible's five, 6,000, double or it you. for a family and our 10, 12,000? Every dollar you pay um, comes out of your pocket. Yeah, that's cool. So that's, that's, there's an example where that transparency doesn't exist. So if you did know that, I'd recommend everybody, when they buy insurance, if they do want to buy insurance in the old way, ask your insurance company to tell you what they are going to allow to the various hospitals for different services. Mm-hmm. What are you going to allow? I'm trusting you with my, my premium dollar, and I've got your card in my pocket, Tell me what you're going to pay Banner Hospital for that MRI. Tell me what you're going to pay Dignity. Tell me what you're going to pay Abrazo. Tell me what you're going to pay Honor Health. Tell me what you're going to pay um, Simon Med. Tell me what you're going to pay Sun Radiology. Tell me what you're going to pay every one of these places because it's coming out of my pocket through my deductible. And I think what you're going to hear, at least you've heard this in the past, is that's proprietary. Ha! <laughs> response to so, so we can talk all day long back to your question about what if people just be more accountable yeah i wish people would be more accountable i wish the system would be more accountable mm-hmm. I, I wish they would be more accountable to transparent prices and telling us what what we need to know not just answering the questions we ask but telling us the things we need to know
2: you uh just gave a really good example but can, what are some of the things that should be on the minds of the consumer or business owner where are those questions that they can ask or should be asking or at least be if they're not going to get a uh, straight answer from their um, provider things that they can kind of find out or research themselves what are the the three things that everyone should know
1: well as a, as a principle i think that um, let's always put our healthcare first and our insurance last right we wouldn't go pick out our car insurance pick geico and then say geico what kind of car can i buy how many doors does it have to have what color should it be I want to drive to work at 5 in the morning. Is that okay? Oh no, I have to be there at 6. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll be a little late, but I'll change it with my boss. You've never asked your car insurance company to tell you how you can drive and what car you should drive. It wouldn't even make sense. So now let's think about healthcare. Does it make sense to go buy our health insurance and then ask it what doctors we can see and to get authorizations? Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? I don't think so. Yeah. Buy your healthcare first, decide your healthcare first. And that's what we've done. That's what I did for my employees, it's what Redirect Health. Um, does for our members is we provide the healthcare first and no out-of-pocket, no nickel and diming. This is a new way of doing healthcare that gives, gives back control over the members, so they're not nickel and dimes, they can get care whenever they want it, they can get it 24-7, they don't have to go in if they don't need to, and then when they do need to go in, we guide them, hold their hand, we make sure that their money isn't wasted, their time isn't wasted. We make sure they never spend $2,000 for an MRI, it's always $400. We make sure that when they need need amoxicillin, the most common antibiotic. They never pay $60 or $600. I've seen $1,400. Because oh, the cost is $4. It's a good margin right there. Well, right. It, so that's what we, right? So, healthcare first, common sense strategy to get the best healthcare you need and then pay for it in the most efficient way. And only at the end, if there's still costs remaining after you do, we created six steps four of healthcare and two of paying for it, and then the insurance is last. Only use the insurance if there's cost remaining. All right, so that's the first thing. Healthcare always first. Don't pull that insurance card out and give it. Just don't do it. Put it under your mattress. Go see your doctors. Go buy your medications. And don't buy an insurance where you can't go pay for it yourself and then submit it towards your deductible.
0: Do you ever get pushback from people saying, well, I, I don't want to have to come to you and say I want to go see the doctor and then you tell me how to do it? Or Oh no, we get just the
1: opposite. Just you know, you said people. Anytime you see people, you got i I'm, I'm thinking about people we serve. So people we serve are that that's fifteen dollar an hour worker. Huh. a The twenty dollar an hour worker. Now of course they have managers that might make a little more money and the CEOs make a little more money, but the bulk of the workforce works less than that. You know, we always talk about the uninsured, uninsured, uninsured. I don't we don't talk about that way. It has nothing to do with it. We talk with the unhealth care there's a lot of people with insurance that have no health care because they spend all their money on insurance they have no money left for health care the auto po- think of this we the insurance does not pay for health care the health care is paid for with our out-of-pocket dollars our co-pays our deductibles our time that's where the health care is paid for out of our own pockets the insurance is just something we pay for first in case the costs get too big but if we spend too much money in the insurance we, many people have no money left over for the healthcare. Imagine paying so much money for your car insurance, they have no money for gas.
0: I can't drive it anywhere.
1: Uh, that is what's happening right now. People are spending so much money in the insurance, yep. they have no more money left over to buy gas.
0: No doubt. That's ab- absolutely correct. That's
1: 100% what's happening. So let's, if we really call it what it is, and you know, they say that comments, I think it's just a common sense approach to healthcare. And I mean, in front of me here, I've got the outline for a book and the title is common, Common sense healthcare conversation. I don't know that'll be the title, but that's the one of the chapters at least. But common sense, they say, is the there's a. I think it was Harriet Stowe. She said uh, um, healthcare or uh, common sense is the knack of seeing things the way they really are, and then doing things the way they ought to be done. And when it comes to healthcare, we do not see things the way they really are. We're the first part of that equation of common sense, seeing things, and the part second part is doing things the way they ought to be. We don't see them the way they really are. There's so many layers of complexity and non-transparency that we can't even see the problem. And then we're out here trying to solve these little distraction problems that have no chance of working because it's not the real problem. It's not the root problem. And we're busy on 100 fronts trying to fix 100 things that aren't even aligned with the main problem. It's it's a distraction technique to Mm -hmm. keep us moving down here. And people make money on these. Every one of these is an industry. Every one of them is an industry. So all I did to get rid of healthcare costs is I just started seeing things the way they really are. And I stopped believing the narratives that were being told and started creating my own narrative around what I thought were the facts. And I've changed my own narrative as the facts become more clear to me or I have epiphanies. But I've always, I've got, I get the biases that we all have. The biases that... Uh, a lot of the biases I had to get over were that um, I'm better than somebody else. Right. I'm smarter than somebody else. I'm more accountable than somebody else. I'm more responsible than somebody else. When I had those biases, I became, I was less likely to be able to really see the problem the way it really was. As I've been able to strip away those own, bi- my own biases, I still have some today, right? So some of the biases we just talked about, about if only people would take care of themselves, they wouldn't have heart disease and it's all prevent, I think all those things are preventative. Those are, those are biases that'll, that make us not be able to move to the next steps. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so, what is one takeaway or one nugget that our
2: listeners can kind of take from this conversation, especially those who are business owners that might be interested in you to Um
1: Don't believe everything you're hearing in the media. It's not true. Healthcare costs are not going up. The waste in the administration we attach to it in the insurance first model is going up a lot. But the healthcare in that model is not getting more expensive. That is not true. So if you take that healthcare out and you design yourself a healthcare first model, and I'll show anyone how to do it. I mean, that's that's it right there in the board. It's a, that model works for any company in the United States, and it will lower the cost of healthcare for every company in the United States. But put healthcare first, and systematically protect the healthcare from the waste of the administration that's being added to it. So let some in. Some will get in. You know, I use, I made this mistake for many years. Where I spend a dollar to save myself 15 cents of waste and it just it doesn't pencil out when you do that. And uh, but now we've got a really nice balance where you know there's some waste or inefficiency in the system, it's there for a reason because it's more costly to get rid of it than it is to leave it there. But think about healthcare first for all the people, and then think about the recruiting advantage or retention advantage you'll have in your company when all your people and their healthcare need is taken care of. Let them pick their own insurance. Needs Stop. Get out of the game of trying to pick the insurance people need and get in the game of picking the health care they want. And give them the routine health care. Make it easy for them. <laughs> and, again, we make all our money. on not on designing that. I've, I've designed it. It's I've given it to everybody. I've given it to so many people I can't even count anymore. We make all our money on the, uh, the membership, the people who want us to run it and make it work really efficiently. The engine is free. Anybody can do it. It's just, I guess anyone can't do it. If you're happy with the old system, Right. you can't really do, do it. Right, right. You have to be disgusted with the, the insurance first model like I was. And then you can jump over here and there's a new way of doing healthcare and anyone can do it. Um, we can do it easier than most because we've got 10 years head start. In the market right. And you know, we, we just know how to operate it really well. well.
0: I think that's really exciting. But everybody is just in the cave, the allegory of the cave, so to speak, right? Probably scared Scared to to take this kind of approach. So is is there a first step? You say you know, come to the website, read this. Yeah, so so you can go to
1: redirecthealth.com. And I get people are scared. I mean, I was too when I first started in two thousand seven. You think I had anyone telling me I was smart? I heard words like you're cavalier, you're arrogant, you're conceited. What makes you think you can do this and (laughs) no one else can? Right. And every year it went away. Small. I mean, again, every every year we've gone gotten less. Our cost per person has gone down every year since 2007. We had two years where it actually went up a little bit, never back to where it was. But every time it went up is because we got complacent and we learned something. We just turned we just turned back on what we already knew and we came right down. So it wow. became very predictable to reduce it again. So we went up twice in the last 10 years and we came down in one year, both times, because we knew what to do. It just it woke us up. We were complacent. Um, and today, uh, I don't know that we ever go up again. I mean, just, I think we, just, we know too much now. and We have cancer. We have, we have two people with cancer right now. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't, cancer doesn't cost as much as people say it does. Right. When you do it right, when you put healthcare first. Okay. But, but there, you know, there's a really good app just to have people try to expl- show themselves the differences, and it's called GoodRx. And I think uh, another one is called Single Care. And I'm just giving those are two apps, companies that for free, Will show people what their prescriptions will cost if they paid cash, and, oh, wow. and they shouldn't be surprised if the cash price is less than their copay amount. Wow.
0: Interesting. So,
1: so those are, and that's just a sample. So every single procedure in, in healthcare has the same type of price differentials, and um, so even the moxicillin example, you'll see in GoodRx, I think, uh, saw it sixteen dollars. Um, you can pay sixty bucks for it. And there's some pharmacies that have great name brands that always charge three times more than anybody else, mm-hmm. the, than the, the costcos or the soft fries or safeways etc. So the big brands are not the cheapest.
0: No, I don't imagine. No. Yeah. How do I know if this is right for my company? Is there a certain sweet spot in employee size or? So, so
1: if you are um, dissatisfied with the old system, okay, <laughs> and if you're dissatisfied and you believe that taking care of the health care needs of all your people not the health insurance needs the health care needs of all your people is an advantage to your company for recruiting and retention if saying reception job free health care is an advantage for your company and you don't like the existing system
2: yeah. <laughs> you are
1: a great candidate i will tell you there are some people where we are not a great candidate because they're not really dissatisfied with the old system they just don't like the price but I'm t- when I say disaster of those systems, I mean, if you believe that that system, with the waste administration in it, and all the bossiness, and the loss of control and power, if that works at any price, then just keep doing it. Right. So we have companies that their only complaint is the cost of health insurance is too high. Well, do you like the program? Well, yeah, it's fine. We'll stay it. there. Right. Right. Stay That's there. Wrong. Yeah. Right? We're not for you. We're for the people who, at any price, the old system wouldn't work. You couldn't give me the old system for free now because I see how well this this new way of doing health works, putting healthcare first. You take care of people. And really, we did it because we want to take care of people. And that's the reason why we offer free health care is to take care of them. Now, the byproduct of that is it becomes really easy to recruit the best team and to retain the best people. And then it becomes really easy to get better profits than anybody else, which then, in a sense, pays for the free health care. I will, I will tell you, I expect a four-to-one return. For every dollar I spend in healthcare for my employees and their families, I expect a four-dollar return in productivity, mm-hmm. and creativity, and loyalty, and you know, recruiting costs going down, et cetera. Right. So it, it's, you know, we say it's free. It's actually, it actually makes me money. Right, right. And we say it's free, yet the team last year really earned it for this year's team. Right. So
0: the, awesome. So you are a, um, a membership-based company. Can you share with me what the price of membership is? Does it depends on the employee size? How does that work?
1: Yeah, we, it doesn't anymore. We did last year. We made it so complicated because we were told we needed to different you, size companies. You, you,
0: you built in too much complexity.
1: We did. We did, <laughs> and we did it because um, the people who were helping us is they were you know they um, we were right hearted. I mean, they, they meant good by it, but they were just we brought rules from the industry, the old industry, into it. Now we've just said no, it's one fee. I don't care if you're two people or two thousand people. Oh, wow. It's one hundred five dollars per individual. Go see any primary care doctor, chiropractor in the country. Don't care who it is. No networks.
2: One hundred five. And there's no co-pays. Annual? Or monthly? Monthly,
1: yeah. Wow. One hundred five dollars. No, and, and it's Obamacare. You get out of your. It's Obamacare <laughs> compliance. So you get out of the, your individual penalty, and the company gets out its penalty. One hundred five dollars if you want um, to add your spouse or all your kids. It's ninety five dollars. If you want to add your spouse and all your kids, it's an extra 195 so 300 for a family. And that's just that's the membership. There's never a dime more, never a dime less and that's just we just keep it really simple. Nice. And, awesome. And then the health care is just um, 100% of the preventive services, 100% of all labs, 100% of all chiropractic, 100% of all primary care, the routine care that we all use. Right. And uh, we help people navigate through the system and we have a 24/7 number with uh, specialists on the other end who have access to the records. We do uh, When people enroll, we identify if they're in that small percentage of people who have diabetes, asthma, use narcotics, uh, mental illness, cancers, other severe things. Our goal with those people who are sick, or unhealthy, sick and unhealthy, is that they never have to call us. That's when we're successful, because we put a plan in place and we're reaching out to them. And every single month, we create a new monthly care plan that what, that does the most impactful things we can do in that month for that person that family mm. and I will tell you that most times it's not the clinical stuff it's not the doctor stuff it's the logistics it's the it could be could be that, that um, you're bringing your who's got your my little girl's got diabetes my wife's taking her in all the time and we've got her all our life is straightened away we know how to get the insulin we know how to test and dose it we know how to refrigerate it. we know you know how to go on vacation and not run out and not worried about refrigeration. We know to get it done at school, and at grandma's house, and the neighbor's house. Life is good now. It might be a year later, right? From chaos to, oh, it's organized. We can breathe again. That person's still on our list. That person and her family, right? Me. But maybe I am inter- always interactive with me, and they'll just say, hey, we're just going to call the dad, call Dave, just see if he has any questions, make sure he's doing OK with this, too. Because we've been working with the mom last six months. Whatever. We can be creative, is my point. We created a relationship of healthcare. It's not trans- there's no transactions with our membership for our piece of it. Now, of course, if somebody needs something more advanced, they need to go to a specialist. They have a, they need major surgery or minor surgery even. We will hold their hand and go out there with them, virtually figuratively. We'll get what they need, protect them from the waste, the administration, the extra hassle, and pull them back in. So it's essentially a medical home, but a virtual medical home. And uh, where there's real relationships, we use the phone a lot. We like the phone much better than um, video. Um, A lot of people think they need to use video to have a transaction, but if you think about it, two in the morning, you're not feeling good because or your kid's not feeling good, and you want to call at two in the morning. You really want to put your makeup on. Video unnecessary. (laughs) I guarantee (laughs) my doctor doesn't want to either. Right. Right. So it just I think video is overrated for this. Mm Mm-hmm. $105 for the membership, $200 for a spouse, $200 if you want to add the spouse, $200 if you want to add your kids, $300 for the whole family, wow. and then people that when people have that, they don't need as much insurance. And what we find all the time is that the reduction in the insurance costs by raising the deductible offsets the cost of our membership, so it becomes a no-brainer for people. We're about to release an individual um, solution as well. Right now, we've just been talking with companies. Right. We're going to keep. Um, the price level is the same for individuals and it's 105 to 105 for an individual and they'll have access to all of that and the real synergies that they're going to experience uh, will be because of the logistical help the 24/7 help that they get with the primary care with the chiropractic working synergistically together to lower costs and make sure the care happens but we expect that to be out before the new year It, the deal is, even when people can't afford their insurance, they can still afford health care. People don't know that. Even if I can't afford my insurance, I can still afford health care. Health care is not expensive. I just told you it's one hundred, $105. And you can't come out of pocket for the routine care. You will, of course, if you go for something outside of the routine care. Right.
0: Got it, excellent. Well, we'll certainly include all of the website information and in the show notes. Um, but aside from the website, what else would you like to get off of your chest? Where where else can folks find you?
1: Um, my email is david.berg at redirecthealth.com. Oh, yeah, I don't mind if people contact me that way. I'm happy to help. Excellent. Okay. And uh, we do we do webinars all the time. I think we do uh, two or three four a week. Okay. Um, so we have the website we'll have it on there soon if it's not there already but just email me and or another way too is next steps at redirect might be a little bit easier way to get somebody to respond even faster than i might be able to but next steps at redirect and sign and just tell them you want to sign up for a webinar they'll send you a link and spend half an hour and they'll show you the nuts and bolts the finer details of what we do and uh we've the webinar just keeps getting better and better and better i I walked in a little bit on one today and it was, uh, they looked like they were having a lot of fun and the, uh, <laughs> the audience was having a lot of fun too, seemed super engaged and uh, learned a lot. Very right? Nice. And uh, the things they learned that they get most excited about learning is how simple we make it. And that's the most common thing we hear is this cube, it's really this simple $105. Yeah, just $105. What about no? What about no? And you, you probably noticed when we walked in, the sign said your cost of your visit day is zero dollars. Yeah. The reason that sign is there is because people would come in, and they would be a little bit afraid because it looks nice in here. And so we put this sign. They wouldn't believe. <laughs> this us looks that expensive. It was, <laughs> it this was, looks. It, it wouldn't <laughs> believe that there was it's no cost. cost. So we put money. a big sign uh, so the cost uh, your visit day is zero dollars. That's funny. And we still get asked. Really, I don't get to pay anything. That's on you the want back to pay end. Something. And, and part of it is we didn't want to have a credit card machine. I mean, just by going to think of this for a second. Just by going to zero dollars, think of all the money we save downstream. I don't need a credit card machine. I don't need a merchant account. I don't need uh, a billing team. Mm-hmm. I don't need uh, CPT codes, ICD-10 codes. I don't need PQRS, I don't need meaningful use. I don't need on and on and on and on and on. I don't need the. the I don't need the legal work. I probably get rid of half of the cost just by going to zero dollars. Right. Now, think if I went to one dollar or one penny. All this stuff still exists. Going to zero is smart. Staying at five dollars is dumb. Going to 25 is just plain ludicrous. Because now what will happen is people won't come in, and what they'll do is they'll wait till their little girl with diabetes gets in trouble and they'll go spend 50,000 bucks in the hospital through the emergency room and she'll almost die. And you'll miss how many days of work trying to sort through it. Right? And the ripple effects of the fear that goes through that family are incredible. Just because somebody thought that a $25 copay would be the, uh, the thing that was made The better way to go. Better way to go. Yeah. It's, it's not. Let's make, it really, let's make this routine care really easy. And make, it, just make don't make it cost anything. Stop nickel and diming people. Because it gets in the way. It might not get in the way of people who have the means or may, have, make decent incomes. But there's lots of people in this country, I just told you, half of them make under $15 an hour. Yeah. Thirty-eight percent make under ten dollars an hour. If we if you charge them five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars, they're unhealth cared now. Forget that they're uninsured; they're unhealth cared. And even if they have insurance, they're still unhealth cared. And, and we just we just we don't think about well, it's clearly about that as I think we need to. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome, Dave. Well done. Uh, thank you so much. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the show. Tell a friend. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.